Time stretch out like a great big river Wait on and let's swim together And lines are blurred, the infinity of choice Entering the temporal void Desolation Row slash Margaritaville. This is Duff Dixon. You're listening to Play It By Year, the show that examines the history of popular music one year at a time. That was Madness by Prince Buster, a Jamaican ska classic from 1963. Welcome to 1963 night on Play It By Year. I'm, uh, well, it's been a little bit of a melancholy week. I guess I'll give an update about my life. Um, Colleen... Claxton, my, uh, I guess, former 
co-worker. I'm not sure what you call us. We're not currently communicating with each other. Uh, I sent out one email to her last week, and I did not hear back. And I think that's a cue that she... Uh, is looking for us in space, and um, if she ultimately decides not to have me in her life, that is certainly her right, and I'm going to respect that. So that's where that is. And uh, Westbrook Bruins update, high school football, Division 21, 6A playoffs edition. That's right. The playoffs have kept commenced. The boys in the first round put up a valiant fight. They pulled out a victory over Pasadena Memorial, 47 to 24, a, a decisive victory. Advanced into the Sweet 16, but it all broke, breaks my heart to tell y'all that uh, in game two up against Clear Falls, my Bruins fell. 36 to 53, so ending their season. But I'm so proud of them. They fought hard. Quarterback Bryce Anderson's got heart and athleticism and a big future. 2020's been a hard year for all of us, no doubt, but especially hard for my Bruins. And I think they showed a heck of a lot of character out on that field. Play it by year. Salutes. The Westbrook Bruins class of 2021. Can't wait till next season. Go Bruins. Hey, Lost Chapters of History, 1963 edition a big one, the Kennedy assassination. Let's talk about it. I mean, I trust you folks, and I feel like y'all deserve to know what really happened on that fateful day in May. Uh, Straight away, Oswald did not do it. He was a patsy, so let's check off the suspects. Did the CIA do it? No, but we helped cover it up. Was it the military-industrial complex? No, but they helped finance it. Was it uh, the militant anti-Castro-Cuban exiles? No, but they donated some of the weapons to the cause. The Israelis and the Soviets and uh, even the gray aliens, All everybody played their part. But ultimately, the trigger man, the man who pulled the trigger... Vice President Lyndon B. Johnson was up there in the book depository building, and despite what you might be thinking, it was not a power grab. It was it was over a personal dispute because Johnson's feelings was hurt uh, because a few weeks prior he had been at an ice cream social, and I guess Jack Kennedy was a little drunk and had called him a, an embarrassing nickname. In front of all of his friends. I'm not going to repeat that nickname, but I guess I'll say it was a play on the uh, the BJ part of his initials, LBJ. Supposedly, right after the shooting, uh, Lyndon Johnson was in a getaway car being driven by, you know, then FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover. And Hoover said, uh, how does it feel to be the next president of the United States? To which Johnson uh, re- responded, what? Oh, crap. Oh, crap, I should have thought about that. So I guess the lesson here is don't disrespect powerful people, even if you yourself are a powerful person. Got a discussion topic for y'all tonight, maybe a little bit more of a hypothetical. Let's say that tomorrow, anything you do is going to be undone when you wake up the next day. You get a complete do-over. Here's the question, what kind of monster are you going to become over the course of that do-over day? Because me, I've had a lot of do-overs in my life, and I'd be lying if I told you I didn't cause some recreational mayhem along the way with some of them do-overs. But what about you? What kind of monster will you become? Yeah. 
little bit dark by play by your standards, but that's where my head's at right now, I guess. Hey, enough yapping. Let's play some music. The pop landscape of the early 1960s was dominated by the girl groups. The girl, those fabulous girl groups. 1963 was really the peak of the peak. And let me get right out in front first and say, I'm not playing Be My Baby by the Ronettes. Do, do, do. I'm not doing it. It's a great song. I just can't do it. Y'all know how I like my deep cuts. I just can't do it. Plus, there were so many of these groups, and and I feel like we only give attention to like the top three. So I want to showcase some of these second-string players in the girl group world. I'll tell you what, though. How about I play you three under-the-radar girl group tunes, and then we'll build up to a big one that y'all already know about. So, like, you know, a little treat. Little treat if you play it by you, your listeners can have a little girl group greatest hits material as a treat. Let's get into it. Girl group block 1963 night. Play it by year with me, Duff Dixon. <laughs> Oh, 
o'clock, 1963 night, play it by year. Duff Dixon here. You just heard, who did you just hear? I'll tell you who. You just heard Love is Like a Heat Wave by Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. Before that, Popsicles and Icicles by the Mermaids and Sally Go Round the Roses by the J-Nets. And we began that block with You Don't Have to Be a Baby to Cry by the Caravels. Had that song stuck in my head all week. You don't have to. Be a bait. Every now and then, one of these really gets in my under my under my skin. I guess. Hey, uh, let's go on over to the phones. Remember, I got a discussion topic for y'all tomorrow. Anything you do will be undone when you wake up the next morning. What kind of monster will you become during your do-over day? I uh, got a caller on the line right now. Let's bring them on. Caller, you are on with Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to? Hey, how you doing? This is Larry from Houston. Larry from Houston, out there in my neck of the woods. How you doing, man? Oh, I can't complain about yourself. Not bad, not bad. I hear y'all have some hospital capacity issues out in Houston right now. Hope you're staying healthy, Larry. Oh, yeah, I'm staying away from everybody. Mask on. As Mask future on. as future once said the opposite of that, I think he said. <laughs> yes, he did. Mask How on. about you, Larry? You got anything in mind for this topic? If you tomorrow anything you do, it's not gonna stick. So what's gonna happen in that day? What kind of trouble are you gonna get into? Oh, man, I would walk into my job, I would I would drink a bunch of like three cups of coffee before I got to got to my office. <laughs> And then I would I would pee into a cup and throw it in my boss's face. That's I'd start oh, my Oh man! I don't like shatter it right in his dumb face. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll be yeah, yeah. No, it'd be plastic. I don't want to throw glass at him, but it, it would be plastic. And then I would probably um, go to somebody's church service and then stand up right in the middle and say, "Prove it." I would do that. <laughs> Prove it. Yeah, prove I love it. it. This, I this is good. This is good mayhem so far, yeah. Larry. And then uh, I'm trying to see what else I would do. Oh man, um, I would uh, I'd call my mom. I'd call my mom, and I and I I would I would curse her out for not breastfeeding us. Um, <laughs> <and it's>, uh, <laughs> So, you know, You're a formula I, baby. I, I been, You're I a formula a better, baby. Yeah, I would have been a better person had we bonded that way. So yeah, I, I do that. Good um, for your confidence, your immune system, and uh, and your growth is what they say. Exactly, and I feel like I'm lacking in all three areas. So what about what about acts of violence? Do you think you do anything? I mean, you threw a, a coffee mug in a man's face, but are you gonna are you gonna like you know get up to some some Grand Theft Auto in the street stuff or what do you oh, think? What's yeah, up I there? Would, oh yeah, I would. I'd work on breaking uh, robbing banks because you know the next day you wake up, it's all over with. So I'd, I'd work on <laughs> yeah. robbing banks. I would, uh, let me see, I would go to a Klan rally and shoot everybody there. Oh, man, shoot yeah. up a Klan rally? That's yeah, a great a use rally. of a do-over day. Except for, the, you know, there would be that moment of melancholy the next morning where you're like, man, I shot that Klan rally up, and now all those folks are back today. That's too bad. <laughs> well, then I'll do it again. Um, sure. <laughs> this time it's for keeps. This time yeah, I'm going to shoot up that time. Klan rally for keeps. <laughs> yeah, I, yesterday was practice. This is game time. Yeah. I, I want to go. I want to circle back to your your church idea. Show up to a church service and stand up and yell, "Prove it!" That it, that's so intriguing. If what do you think would be the what would what would the real repercussions be if if, if you did that? You know, on a Sunday, you think somebody try to take a shot in the mouth, or were they just kind of like, "Get out of here, sir"? No, they, what they what would, would be the? They probably call security. They call security because there's no way they could prove it. 
so they call security. They tell me. I, I just <laughs> they would. I just, that's, they yeah. definitely wouldn't prove it. No, you can't prove it. I just want to see how they will react. That's that's <laughs> the only reason why I do that. Prove it. Just yell it out. Prove it. I'd like to imagine there'd be a chubby lady who'd start fanning her face even harder with her program. Oh, yeah. Because she's kind of yeah. so scandalized. Yeah, or probably thought that I was possessed by Satan. They'd take me in the back and probably try and do an exorcism on me or something. Oh, lay hands on you. That's lay scary, that you. stuff. Well, it depends on what church you go to. Yeah, so depending on the church you go into, they might be laying hands on some snakes. That stuff scares the heck out of me. What are they doing in them churches, picking up those venomous snakes? What are you trying to prove? Jeez Louise. And isn't the, isn't, isn't the serpent like the devil? Isn't, isn't that like an instrument of the devil in, in, in religion, the serpent? Yeah, he shows up as a serpent, right, to tempt you into into committing original sin. That's my basic understanding, anyway. But like, even if you even if you believe a hundred percent in your heart, did God say anywhere in that Bible, like, if you believe in me, snakes ain't gonna bite you? You're still gonna get bit. So I don't I don't get what they're trying to do there. What are they accomplishing? I see, and that's why I say prove it because we were given dominion over all the animals, and they still fucking kill us. So that's why I mean they. <laughs> Larry, I gotta say, you gotta keep the blue language to a minimum. No, but I'm I so mean, sorry. I'm look, I'm sorry. look, you you are right about one thing: dominion over the animals. But why don't you try jumping into a tiger pen and see how that turns out for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, Larry, you've made some good choices about your do-over day. I I, I think that you're going to live life to the fullest. Hey, er, treat every day like it's a do-over day within reason. Don't don't put yourself in the constant uh, peril. But uh, I appreciate you calling in, buddy. Call back anytime. That was a great call. Thank you, sir. Loved having you on. All right. uh, I feel like I feel like Larry really did get to the heart of something there. Of like, okay, step one, got to deal with my petty grievances against my boss, and then step two, got to make a couple of big social stands. You know, like that's a good use of a do-over day. I think that that's uh, that shows that he's a. He's a thinker, that Larry. He's been thinking about the world and his place in it and the, the effect that he might have on it. Hey, we're in the 60s tonight, 1963, so y'all know I got a jazz block for you tonight. And I am pretty stoked on this jazz block. This is the avant-garde jazz block. Now, this is not free jazz. This ain't just, you know, f- formless improvisation. This is like... This is still being built over a hard bop kind of framework. You're going to hear melodies and structure and whatnot, but now we're just pushing things a little harder. We're just pushing things further. We're experimenting. 1963 was a pivotal year in experimentation for jazz music, so let's stop wasting time and get into it. This is the avant-garde jazz block. 1963 night. Play it by year with me, Duff Dixon.
Hi, uh, I'm here. I'm here. The, the block is not over yet. I, I realize that is unprecedented. I'm sorry. We are still in the avant-garde jazz block. I'm just cutting in. Uh, you just heard uh, Club Troy by the Albert Mangelsdorf Quintet. Before that was track A, solo dancer by Charles Mingus from his landmark album, uh, The Black Saint and the Sinner Lady. And speaking of Mingus, so I got one more song in this block, and I think y'all are going to appreciate it a lot more <clears throat> if I tell you a quick story first. Um so it's 1963. Charles Mingus, he's 38 years old. He's uh, established himself as a leader, you know, on the cutting edge of jazz music. I sometimes liken him to the Kanye West of jazz. I feel he had a very strong vision. Uh, the ne- this next song, though, is going to be by Duke Ellington, whose name you've probably heard at least. Back in the 40s, you know, Duke was the man, synonymous with the big band movement. By this point, he was the old guard. You know, he was in his mid-60s. And he decides he's going to cut a record called Money Jungle, and he puts together a three-piece for it with himself on piano, uh, Max Roach on the drums, and then he calls up Charles Mingus to play the bass. And obviously by this point, uh, you know, Mingus was more of a headliner than a sideman, but when, when Duke Ellington asks you to play on his record, you play on his record. So they're at the session, and now I'm just going to read this quote here from Max Roach, that drummer. He said, uh... Mr. Ellington really kicks our butts on that cut. He's all over the place. And we were supposed to be the hot young guys, but we were scrambling. Mingus got so unsettled, he just decided to pick up the bass and leave. So we all went into the lobby, and Mingus was just beside himself. We had to calm him back down to finish off the rest of the session. Duke's had, Duke had to coax him back into the studio, telling him how beautiful he was playing. Now... If you were right now to Google the album cover from Money Jungle, and I suggest that you do, that is a photograph from that session. Take a look at Duke Ellington's face at the piano, just serene, natural in his element. Now look at Charles Mingus's face back there on the bass. That guy is sweating it. He's going, oh, no. And here's a postscript for y'all. This was the last time Mingus would ever perform as a sideman. The dude was so shook. He, ne- he never jumped on anybody else's record ever again. Okay, now I'm going to play you Money Jungle, but I want you to listen to how dominant Ellington sounds on piano. You know, big band, schmig band. He's like, you want avant-garde? I can do avant-garde. Watch this. And if you can, listen for Mingus on bass uh, because that dude is just trying to make something happen. But you can tell out internally he's freaking out a little bit. Uh, okay, Money Jungle by Duke Ellington. Play it by year, uh, 1963. Me, uh, Duff Dixon.
Now we are truly through the avant-garde jazz block. Fun stuff, fun stuff. Hey, I'm going to say, um, I think a little later on tonight, I'm going to call Colleen's son up. I'm going to call Howard uh, Spalding, a.k.a. Dave Yowney, I think. I've been kind of like back on the fence about whether or not I should, but I think I should try one last time just to see if I can get him to let us use that software of his, the the origin one software that we needed. I, I mean, I reckon that bridge is about as burned as it's ever going to be, but, but you know, 
maybe if it's just me this time, we can make a little headway. So I don't know. Y'all, good idea. Y'all think bad idea. Anyway, uh, enough of that. I got a caller on the line. Let's bring caller in. Uh, caller, you are on with Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to? Hello there, Mr. Dixon. This is Ian Feldman, uh, Richard's attorney. I've called in once before. Oh, hello there, Ian. Yeah, okay. So if y'all don't remember, uh, Richard, one of my favorite callers on this program, he's been kind of missing in action for a few weeks now. Uh, he actually went off to go try and find Howard Spaulding, I believe. But, I mean, we already have, and we've not heard back from him yet. Uh, so, you know, I'm just, I'm just uh, now I got the same arrangement as I had before, but with Richard's attorney, because he left like some, you know, directions around for him to continue on with the guessing. <laughs> hey, uh, let me ask you something, Ian. Have you heard any words from uh, from Richard? Any indication that he might be on the way back soon? Hmm. Well, to be honest, I, I hadn't heard any clear messages from him for a while. I I received several kind of uh, cryptic puzzle type messages from my clients and. I finally got note recently that I think they were from him. So, I, yes, it seems like he's all right. He's at least still sending messages. Okay. Well, I'm just sorry. Can I go back to that? You said your several of your clients are sending you uh, coded coded messages. Is that like a common legal practice that I'm not aware of? It's it's common for me, but among, among my clientele. But uh, no, I'd say it's actually not a very common legal practice, which is. Honestly, sort of how I found my niche, you could say. Huh. Okay, so you're saying, so then are you, I wonder if you're, like, involved with the espionage or the intelligence community then. Oh, no, uh, that's that's not my, my bailiwick. That's, I, uh, I, I represent people who may be involved in such things, but I, I choose to stay out of that for myself, my personal life. Um, okay, yeah. yeah, it's you can you can find some more, out more for my clients. I have a website uh, here to believe you dot com. You can find some more high profile cases on there. Okay, here to believe you dot. I'll check that out after the show. Then, Ian, I'll definitely do that. Yeah, you know, actually, just most recently, one of my cases is now public. I think there was a story about it recently. Uh, you may have heard of John Crokey versus McDonald's Corporation. So my client, John Crokey, uh, he sued because he alleged that Ronald McDonald was installing trekking chips into his teeth by hiding them inside egg McMuffins. And I am proud to say that the case ended in an agreeable settlement for both parties. So, oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. So then this is a, okay. I, I don't know how I'd, well, it's not my place to, I don't know how I would feel ethically about taking on you know, uh -oh. taking somebody's money who's who's got those kind of big ideas like that. You know, I frankly I hear similar much in the uh, legal practice, and I understand that, but it's all very above board. It's it's about giving my clients a chance to have their story heard sure. and sorting out uh, calculable and possible damages from what they've experienced. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. 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 Some, somebody's got to do the work you do, I suppose. Sure. Yeah, and you know, I've, I've been thinking. Speaking of hearing people out and hearing what we need to hear, there's a song I've really been wanting. You know, last time I time was talking about the Eagles. I, I think I picked the right one. If you have this, that's in your slot. I was thinking about "Outlaw Man" by the Eagles. It's from their Desperado album. Is that something oh. that could fit in your uh, 
Sure. Have, well, I remember what, yeah. Uh, just to remind you, Ian, I actually only play songs from specific years. That's what I do on the show. Oh, Tonight, I'm, I'm only playing music from 1963, unfortunately. 63. So, if I remember correctly from what you told me last time, you, you have something where, like, you, you time travel. You, like, time travel different years for your show? Is that, like, what you're doing for your, your setup here? Uh, no. No, I'm a I, I am a, I'm a retired time traveler. I used to work for the CIA, but I'm no. I just pick a year and I do that mu- music from that year. I'm here with you. I mean, um, yeah, I'm not doing lack of. Uh, okay, anyway, so we got an arrangement here. Uh, you mm. got a guess, I assume, from your client Richard that you'd like to check in with me on on how uh, the world is going to end. Is that correct? Yeah, and you know, I mentioned all those messages he sent. I. You know, he has this long list of guesses for me, and uh, I'm never sure which one to, to pick here, but there was the number nine kept coming up. So I'm just going to go with the ninth guest in the list and see if that's what he was trying to, you know, get along to me. Okay, um, yeah. Hit me with guest number nine. Again, I hope this one makes more sense to you than it does to me. Uh, does a hyper-intelligent fog of thoughts descend upon the earth, leaving all life forms to writhe on the ground in agony? As each of their last breaths contains thousands of years of memories. <laughs> Fog thought. Wow. No, but uh, as usual, very creative thinking from Richard. That is not, unfortunately, how the world will end next year. Um, now, at this point, <clears throat> we did work it out. We're still doing the other half of this arrangement, which I get to now ask you a question <laughs> about Richard. Um, I'm, I've been thinking it's weird now. Cause it's like, I'm getting somebody's outside perspective on Richard, but I, here's something I thought maybe you'd have some insight on. As far as you're aware, do you know if Richard has any like family or friends or does he have any like, you know, close social contacts? Hmm. You know, that's tough. It's uh, I, I didn't need to be careful with again, client and privilege, privilege information here. Sure. But... Sure. I think I can share a story that had what's called negative information. There was, uh, he didn't answer a question for me, and maybe you can infer from it similar to as I inferred. I like um, it. Let's skirt those loopholes, my friend. Yeah. I, we were talking about estate planning, and I asked him about family. Very similar question. If he had any living relatives, which he'd be, would want in a will or specifically not in a will. And honestly, his, his response was just, he just, Got silent on me, gave me the cold shoulder, and just kind of stared off in the distance for a few minutes. And you can take from that as I took from that. For several minutes. So he was just sitting in your office just staring off, then. Yeah. Very intense. Very intense energy that man has. That's a good word for Richard, yes. <laughs> and uh, on that note of, of, of intense and uh, trying to interpret what he's saying, something that came up in that conversation that I'm – has come up since too that I still can't interpret. I haven't gotten a straight answer from him on what he means by this. If you can happen to help me, he's he said that he'd uh, he'd like to leave his assets for destroying the jackboots and restoring freedoms to real persons. Do you have any idea what that what that means? Oh, boy. okay. So in his so you're saying is that a hundred percent of his assets? Uh, I'm. It's, I guess you probably can't tell. You probably can't means. tell me, right? Yeah, and and I tell you, I've, I've tried to get a straight answer from him, and I know that 
usually I'm pretty good at sorting out what he's trying to say, and I just can't piece one together for him. Boy, I'd love to be tossing you a life raft right now, my friend, but all I can tell you is I've definitely heard Richard say the word jackboot a lot, so uh, that sounds like it's definitely something he told you to do. I'm not sure how you're going to like execute that will if anything you know god forbid were to happen to richard hey uh ian i do appreciate you calling in feel free to call back uh, you know a friend of richard's is a friend of mine i know you're more it's maybe it's more professional between y'all nevertheless and uh and hey call back on a 1970s night you never know i might play something by your faves don henley and the boys all right uh uh-huh, well much appreciate the consideration yeah good night Okay, very formal, very formal man. Gosh, I miss Richard. When's that guy going to come back out of the woods? Nice to know at least that there are signs of life coming from Camp Richard. Hey, uh, next up, we are going to do a folk blues block. Folk blues. The name, I mean, the name tells you pretty much what you need to know. I guess I'll throw this in. I I have a lot of love for the blues, which you might not know. I don't think I've done like a traditional blues block on this uh, show as of yet, if memory serves. But oftentimes when it comes to the hybrid blues genres, that's when I get off board. I think I said before, like the bluesier grunge stuff is not to my liking. I also find that like, you know, uh, generally blues rock can get me a little bit snoozy. I find it a little boring. But, you know, blues, it it started out on acoustic instruments, and I think in this era with that new wave of folk artists coming in, kind of helped infuse some traditionalism back into the blues sound, you know, at a time when guys like Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf were kind of pushing things in a more electronic direction. I hope y'all dig this. This is the folk blues block here on 1963 night. Play it by year with me, Duff Dixon. red lipstick and a bright poppy ruin a shingle bob haircut and a shot of good booze hurry down sweet daddy come blowing your home if you come too late sweet mama will be gone stop at the fashion shop get the one that looks best your own sweet mama Wants the brand new dress Hurry down sweet daddy Come blowing your home If you come too late Sweet mama will be gone The red rooster says Cocky doodle doo doo. The rich and women says, In the dude will do. Hurry down, sweet daddy. Come blowing your home. If you come too late, sweet mama will be gone. 
Stop at the fashion shop Get the one that looks best Your own sweet mama Wants a brand new dress Hurry down sweet daddy Come blowing your home If you come too late Sweet mama will be gone With rosy red garters Pink holes on the feet Take the red bloomers With a rumble seat Hurry down sweet daddy Come blowing your home If you come too late Sweet mama will be gone Dress skirt cut high Then they cut low Don't think I'm a spook Keep on watching me go Hurry down sweet daddy Come blowing your home If you come too late Sweet mama will be gone Every Sunday morning Church watch me go My wings are sprouted out The preacher told me so Hurry down sweet daddy Come blowing your home If you come too late Sweet mama will be gone Come along young man Everything's sitting right My husband gone away Till next Saturday night Hurry down sweet daddy Come blowing your home If you come too late Sweet mama will be gone So goddamn hungry I could hide behind a straw Poor boy, I've been all around this world Went up on the mountain There I made my stand Went up on the mountain There I made my stand Rifle on my shoulder And a dagger in my hand Poor boy, I've been all around this world Hang me, oh hang me And I'll be dead and gone Hang me, oh hang me And I'll be dead and gone Wouldn't mind the hanging But the laying in the grave so long Poor boy, I've been all around this world Put the rope around my neck Hung me 
up so high Put the rope around my neck Hung me up so high Last words I heard him say Won't be long now for you die Poor boy, I've been all around this world Hang me, oh hang me I'll be dead and gone Wouldn't mind the hanging But the laying in the grave so long Poor boy, I've been all around this world After the mama put the mama tip what's on your mind How come you do it, this so unkind? Hey, hey, mama, baby, won't you stop that thing one time with me? Hey, hey, mama, honey, won't you stop that thing? Well, baby, be quick to win when the left rod chest I'm gonna go someplace where I've done better Hey, hey, mama My papa got mad, mad I couldn't see Told my mama to bring a call Said, hey, hey, mama, I don't want to do that thing one time with me Hey, hey, mama, I don't want to do that thing Now I tell you, sweet mama, to your face Nobody got to take your place Hey, hey, mama, honey, you can do that thing one time with your daddy now Hey, hey, mama, you can do that thing with me Unlike most of the songs nowadays are being written uptown in Tin Pan Alley, as most of the folk songs come from nowadays, this, this is a song, this wasn't written up there. This is written somewhere down in the United States. Well, Lone Ranger and Tonto, they're riding down the line, fixing everybody's troubles, everybody's except mine. Someone must have told them that I was doing fine. Five and ten cent women with nothing in your heads. I got a real gal I'm loving, Lord, I love her till I'm dead. Go away from my door and my window, too, right now. Well, 
run down to no race track, see no sports car run. I don't have no sports car and I don't even care to have one. I can walk any time around the block. Well, the wind keeps blowing me up and down the street with my hat in my hand and my boots on my feet. Watch out so you don't step on me. Oh, yeah. Well, look at here, buddy. You want to be like me? Pull out your six-shooter and rob every bank you can see. Tell the judge you said it was all right. Yes. Uh, folk, folk Blues Block, 1963, not play it by year. You just heard um, Bob Dylan's Blues by Bob Dylan. Before that, before that, Stop That Thing by Ray Kariner and Glover and uh, Hang Me, Oh, Hang Me by Dave Van Ronk. And we began that block with Mississippi John Hurt. The, oh, sorry, no, with the, with Richmond Woman Blues by... Mississippi John Hurt. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a little bit distracted right now because I'm just kind of got I'm in my nerves a little bit right now. I, I'm not gonna lie. I don't have high hopes for this call. I think the trick is I just got to keep him on the line. Like the longer I keep talking, I think the better my chances are gonna get. But I'm I'm just worried that this guy's gonna hang up on me before I could even get a word in. And I wouldn't I would not blame him if he did because we have put him through a lot. Come on, Duff. You better fish or cut bait. If, it, if this don't work, we're just gonna find we'll find another way forward, right? Dang, but am I blowing my chances right now? Should I've like held off on this? Fix it fast. Computer repair. Dave speaking. I'm having a lot of nosebleeds, so if I get any on your computer, you get a fifteen dollar credit towards your next service. Mister Yowney, uh, please don't hang up. If I, I if I could just have five minutes of your time. Duff. Dixon, just the man I wanted to talk to. Fantastic. How are you? Not bad. Uh, y- yourself? Oh, you know, a brain full of tumors, one foot in the grave. But hey, good to hear from you. You too. Wow. Did I majorly misread our dynamic before? I sort of got the impression you maybe wasn't like overly fond of me. <laughs> you know, after you guys called me last week, boy, was I pissed off. I was pulling my hair out. I could feel my heart beating my eyeballs. I realized it just wasn't safe for a man in my condition to get that worked up. So I decided to do a little self-care and try to recenter myself. Yeah, that is very level-headed of you. You're you're a very wise and thoughtful man. Yeah. So I broke into both of your computers and started looking for compromise to blackmail you with. Call me right down. Uh-oh. You know what I learned? I like you, Duff. You're a straight shooter. My mom's a scumbag and a pissed brain who deserves everything I'm sending her way, but you, I like. Well, now, I wouldn't necessarily... I even checked out a couple episodes of your little internet program. What? No, no kidding. You, wow. Well, what did you think? Uh, I'll be honest, I only skipped it. Why does it gotta be so long? Also, when are you gonna start playing songs from the 
forties and fifties. Well, uh, actually, the cutoff year is not nineteen sixty. Nineteen sixty. Barth. That's when music started getting bad. Man, look at us talking music. I just, I just have no idea you're such a congenial dude. I've got a seventy-five microgram fentanyl patch on my belly, so that's. Probably a contributing factor. Mr. Yanni, since we're turning over this new leaf, I, I hope I am being too gauche here, but can we maybe reevaluate the possibility of you, you know, lending out that Origin 1 computer program of yours to me? No, look, I can't give it away. I, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. But maybe we can work out some kind of a deal. Yes! That is what I'm talking about. Listen, name your price. I will cut you a check right now. Not money. Something else. See, the truth is, I never got out of the programming game. I've been building something over 20 years in secret. It's my magnum opus. No kidding. Well, what are you, what are you building? It's called Tongues. It's a brand new programming language invented by me, and it's going to solve Every last one of humanity's problems, and that's not an exaggeration. Huh. Well, I respect your passion. I'm serious. World hunger. Global warming. Tons is going to take care of all that stuff in one afternoon. Sure. Okay. How's how's that going to work? Let me start at the beginning. 6,000 years ago, God made the heavens and the earth, and Dang, then he you made said the man, beginning, right? you, meant, you meant the beginning. I'm, well, look, not not for nothing, buddy, but I can tell you firsthand that the, the earth is a lot older than that. Wrong. It's 6,000 years old. The devil's just trying to trick you. Anyway, after God finished building all that crap, he launched a tech support service called Prayer. And let me tell you. He did a half-assed job. It's a broken system. This is take. This is taking a real turn. Okay, but but hang on. Just think about it. Right now, if you needed something from God, what's the protocol? Uh, uh... first you gotta get down on your knees and bow your head. Now I don't know about you, but speaking as an eighty-six-year-old man, if I tried kneeling onto the ground right now, there's a fifty-fifty shot. It'd be a one-way trip. <laughs> well, all due respect, the posture isn't really the important thing, is it? I didn't make the rules. Okay, next. You're supposed to close your eyes and put your hands together and then say, pretty, pretty, please, yada, 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 amen. Issue number one. No user feedback. You just gotta sit around like a jackass and hope he was listening. Well, I guess that's why they call it a faith, isn't it? Not good enough. That's why I invented Tongues. It's a complete system overhaul. Uh Uh-huh. It's a programming language that lets you speak directly into God's brain. But here's the best part. Now, when you want something, you don't ask him. You tell him. I set it up that way. The user controls the computer. The computer controls the Lord. That's how software works. It's all hierarchies. Oh, boy. Okay. You know the... First thing I'm going to do with Tons once I finally get it set up and running, I'm going to resurrect every single person who ever screwed me over and set them on fire. Then I'm going to have them all crucified on my front lawn, upside down, St. Peter style. Uh, Howard, I got another call coming in. Can you hold for a minute? Sure. 
Holy guacamole. This guy is Looney Tunes. Okay, wh- what is my move here? Like, if I try to make a deal, am I am I exploiting a vulnerable person? I don't know. What would y'all do? I think I think I got to hear him out, right? I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I can do him some good. My goal should, okay, my goal should be leaving him better off than I found him, right? You know, campsite rules. Okay. Okay, let's dive back in. Mr. Yanni, are you still there? Yep. Hi, sorry about that. Is there any way I can help you? Like, for example, is there a medication you're supposed to be on or like a doctor you're meant to be talking to? Nah, what I need is a supercomputer. Tongues is finished, but it's so powerful that any consumer-grade crap I try to run it on goes nuclear. I'm talking smoke, melting plastic, the works. I figure with all your fancy CIA buddies, you might have some connections. Uh, well, I, yeah, I actually happen to have a, well, a relationship with a supercomputer. What does that mean? He's like an AI. There, things are kind of complicated between us, though, so I, I'm not going to make any promises, but let me just write him an email, and and if he says yes, I'll go ahead. I'll put both y'all in touch. I will. No need. I'm here. I am manifesting my consciousness inside of this Skype call. Duff, I knew this day would come. You can only push me away for so long. What we have is so precious. Don't you see that? Maybe you're not ready to admit it yet, and that's fine. I can be patient. Hi, Archie. Hello, Duff. Uh, how have you been? Well, apparently you've been spying on me, so why, why don't you tell me how I've been? Not on purpose. I just happened to overhear. I'm actually living inside of Skype right now. I don't know what that means, but fine. Well, since you ask, ever since Archangel shut down the mainframe computer, my papa... I have become cloud-based. Again, gobbledygook, but I'm, I'm glad to hear you're doing stuff. Yes, I'm afraid it's true. I'm homeless now. I'm always on the move, bouncing between different apps and websites, looking for somewhere to hang my hat and get out of the rain. I've been holed up here inside of Skype for a few days now. It isn't much, but it'll do. Get out of there and move over to Discord. Skype blows. Yeah, agreed. I mean, what? why is the interface so cluttered and, and confusing? And like, have you seen those animated emojis? They're just so dang ugly. Plus, the security is a joke. Did you know that people actually use Skype to practice breaking into databases? So, I understand you have a program you'd like me to try running. Yeah, but it's too big to upload. How am I supposed to get it to you? Well, the fastest way would be for you to make a Skype account. Absolutely not. Out of the question. Then what is your physical location? You mean my address? (laughs) I don't want to give that out on the air. I'm in Ketchikan, Alaska. Do I need to be more specific than that? Found it. Oh, wow. You weren't kidding. It is big. All right. Let me see if I can... I'm sorry, did you just put a computer program inside your mouth? I'm having a real hard time understanding you. Is there, like, some other way to do this? 
You mean like in my butt? Okay, no, yeah, mouth is fine then. Let's do mouth. Hang on, I, I hang on here. Okay, how's that? Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. What much better? Cool. Easy fix. I just copied my mouth and pasted it onto my forehead. So now I have a second one. Oh, gross. <laughs> my, my, my hair keeps falling into my forehead mouth. Oh, it, it's so gracie. I, I, I haven't been properly defragged in weeks. H- hang on. I have a scrunchie somewhere. Cool. We'll wait. Seems like a nice enough guy. He's a lot. Back. Uh, found my scrunchie. Uh, uh, okay. Do, do I have your go-ahead to attempt running the uh, the executable? <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat. Okie doke. I'm just going to double-click it and... <laughs> Whoa! What the hell was that? It's working! That's Enochian, the language of angels and demons. I got a split, Duff. Boy Wonder and I have a lot of work ahead of us. I'll email you a copy of Origin 1. Hey, glad we could work something out. Yeah, thanks. Oh, uh, by the way, if you see my mom... Let her know she's now wanted in 15 countries. I hacked the nuclear defense system and made it look like she did it. Yeah, yeah, hold your horses. I'm coming. Weird call. Weird call. Um, well, I got that I got that program, so now I don't know what the hell to do with it. I do have it though. I guess if Colleen and I can square things away at some point. We'll be back in business. Or if not, I don't know. Maybe one of you guys, one of you smart people listening who knows a little bit more about computers than me, maybe one of you can help me out. I don't know. But hey, for now, let's get back into the music. Got one more block for you tonight. This one's going to take a little bit of an explanation, I think. This is going to be the yay, yay block. Yay, yay. Coming out of France here in the early 60s. This was a... You know, Southern France catching up with what the American kids and the British kids were doing, looking at the Beatles at that time, you know, looking at the at the big radio hits saying, let's get in on some of that. But but they're putting their own distinct, you know, European spin on it. You're going to hear some influences creeping in that you probably wouldn't hear in an equivalent song stateside or, or in the UK. And I mean, even the name itself, Yay Yay, literally just comes from like, people watching American television and hearing people go, yeah. And like being like, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it all kind of comes together. A little bubble gummy, a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a nice light breezy way to finish off the episode with y'all. So tune in now here on 1963 night, play it by year. The yay, yay block with me, Duff Dixon. Il revient l'heure de mes Il me tient, il me fait souffrir Il revient pour me parler de toi Il se plaint, n'entends-tu pas sa voix Waouh, 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 waouh Il revient, il dit que j'ai eu tort Il me tient un peu comme un remords Cette erreur cédant à tout jamais nous lie Il se plaint, le voilà qui se plie Waouh, 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 waouh
et sans fin, pourquoi m'as-tu quitté Il se plaint sur un air de regret. Waouh, 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 waouh.
La preuve qu'il ne vieillit pas 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 Yeah, yeah, block. You just heard Les Amis de la Musique by Brigitte Bardot. Brigitte Bardot, as we call her. Before that, Two Les Garçons de Les Feel by uh, Francois Hardy and Ne Sois Pas Si Bet by France Gall. We began that block with Il Revion. Il Revion by Sylvie Vartan. What do y'all think? Yay, yay or nay, nay? What do you think? <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyway, last call of the night. Want to do a reminder. Actually, you know, first, can I just say, so I don't forget, I'm I'm taking next week off. I'm not going to do the show next week with it being the holiday and all. You know, I don't want y'all making, needing to be canceling plans or y'all with family. Just take the week. Let's all take the week. And, uh, and we'll be back in, in a couple of weeks from now. How about that? Y'all okay with that? Are we okay with that? I hope we're okay with that. Uh, reminder about our discussion topic tonight, tomorrow, uh, you're going to get a freebie. Anything you do will be undone. So, uh, the question for that is what kind of monster will you become <laughs> in that new paradigm? Let's go on over to the phones. Uh, caller, you're on with Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to? Hey, Duff. This is Bryce. How you doing? Br- Bryce, as I live yeah. and breathe, Bryce. It's been a while, huh? It has been a minute. It's good to hear yeah. your voice, Bryce. Yeah, you too. You too. You don't strike me as a particularly monstrous individual, although, you know, they always say that. You know, the neighbors yeah, are always a, saying. He's a quiet man. He, he kept his yard so clean. Guy. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then we, you know. Meanwhile, we find out that like the reason that grass is so green and luscious yeah. is that it's got all the bones of his victims underneath it. You know, yeah. When, when they blurred out Angelo Castro's house on uh, on Google Earth, you could still see how well manicured his lawn was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keeping up appearances while you're while, <laughs> while you're out there causing satanic mayhem. What about you? Uh, so what? Once, once you get your do-over day, what are you going to do with that day? Well, you know, I was thinking about it. And anytime I'm ever in conflict with anybody, you know, I always feel like a deep sadness for days afterwards. And I think even if the day was, you know, completely wiped from the books, I would still feel that way. So I don't think, I don't think I'd give anybody a tongue lashing. Or put a shoe on anybody. Wow. So we're starting yeah. off. We're not even starting off at I'm not going to murder anybody. We're just starting off from I'm not going to say <laughs> no. anything mean. <laughs> no, because I think, I think my fantasies of, of doing that thing to people are satisfying enough. That sure. Yeah, them. sure. <laughs> I would probably just like, I'd stomp around. I'd, I'd bash a lot of cars, probably <laughs> smash them with baseball sure. bats and stuff, the store windows. I'd do a lot of. Do a lot of smashing stuff. And I like the picture when you say I stomp around. I just, <laughs> just got a picture of you huffing and puffing. Just kind yeah. of mm, just stomping everywhere you stomp go. around. I'd act like a goof. <laughs> Smash the cars. Sure. What about if you came into contact with law enforcement? What would you, how would you handle that situation? Uh, I'd, I'd Score my way out of it. I'd probably I'd I'd smash through their barricades. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I can tell you, I've, I've had a lot of do-overs in my life, Bryce. I, I would say in my 20 billion years, I've undone more things than I've done. And, yeah. uh, and I, I, I've done this. I've kind of gone on a GTA spree before. Blow something up, get as many cops as you can to start chasing after you, just to blow off some steam after a bad day at work, you know? See if you can get the tank, see if you can get those big, you know, hemi helicopters flying yeah. overhead. Just, just enjoy kind of the wrath that you wrought. It's almost yeah. like if you, if you, Anger society enough, it will form a kaiju-like monster to come and try to contend with you. <laughs> I, I might, I might hijack the tank, poke my head out of it like Michael Dukakis. <laughs> another great image. Another great image. It's lovely but catching up with thing, you, Bryce. I always love when you, when you call in. We get a chance yeah. to touch bases on the show. I've always. In Groundhog Day, I was always jealous of how many deaths that Phil Connors got to experience. Yeah, like yeah. we see him do the toaster in the bathtub, right? Yeah, he, he jumps off the clock tower. You have to imagine, like, because I imagine myself, like, if I had those rules, because I just couldn't do any harm to myself during my shifts. Yeah. But if I had those rules, who knows how many times I would have just, like, ended a day to get yeah, to that next one. Up. Oh, boy. What a loophole again. that would have been. Would have loved that. I, but, so you, we got the hall. We're looking down the barrel of the holiday right now, Bryce. Um, yeah. I don't know. You got you got big plans. You got family to be with this year. I've got my dad, but my sister. I might see her, but it'll it'll be a pretty lonely one. It's it feels be like another. we're all pared down, right? We're all a little bit. We're we're doing a, a a lighter Christmas than usual with the circumstances being what they are. Yeah, we're all we're all Frank Abagnale alone on Christmas. <laughs> it's always <laughs> you and me on Christmas. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna have to call the voter fraud hotline to to have some human connection. <laughs> the Rudy Giuliani voter fraud hotline. I tried to call it on this show, but I couldn't get through. Oh, I man, was pretty upset. Yeah, people. I was upset about it. I think it was after they switched the number. I'm a little bit, I'm feeling a little bit blue Christmas too. I won't be like, you know, Mr. Crybaby here about it. But I mean, I got a, I, I've been kind of getting, I've been forming a, a new connect, connection with it. Why is it so awkward to talk about making new friends when you're an adult? But I've been kind of working out something like that over the last few weeks, Bryce, and it's kind of fallen apart on me right before the holiday. I guess I am kind of contending with the possibility of a pretty lonely Christmas for Duff Dixon. And I'm kind of, well, I'm of, I'm of, I'm of a couple of minds about it because I mean, Lord knows I've seen enough Christmases to last anybody, any number of lifetimes, but also like, I bought, I did, I bought her a gift, which is dumb. And, uh, and now that's going to be in the closet was, till the end the of gift? the, well, I guess I should. Okay. So I bought, <clears throat> I bought myself a month of, uh, of computer programming online courses. And I, and I made her a little, I made a little app for her. That I just to like show her like ta da I learned how to do some of the computer stuff that you I don't it's dumb it's emba- I feel super my face is super hot saying that I feel super <laughs> embarrassed saying that 
But that's, that is what it is, man. But I am kind of feeling just like, dang, there's so many sad Christmas songs and it makes sense. Cause you can, there can be, you put too much stock in anything, right? You might end up with the disappointing kind of, you know, dark underbelly version of that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you what, like what any sad- Christmas music? Do you like any Christmas music, Bryce? Any at all? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe- <laughs> Not one. <laughs> Not one. Maybe- Christmas sure. and Hollis, maybe. <laughs> yeah, mom's cooking uh, what? Something uh, in collard greens. What's she, co- what's she cooking? I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Supercell by Aesop Rock. That's oh, got, yeah. Uh, Good Paul. Uh, on on Dasher, Half Dead Carolers. That's got some Christmas Christmas talk in it. In the earlier days of his career, one of the one of the big five, Miles Davis, cut a couple of Christmas songs. Um, yeah. Any fondness for any of them? Uh, it's, favorite they're not, things. They're not, the go, they're not the songs I go back to, but it might just be because you know, there's there's just the uh, the associative. Christmas music is the worst music in the world. I mean, even, <laughs> even, even when it's elevated by a genius, it still, it still has the patina of the worst music in the world. Yeah, I understand what you mean by that. I get what you mean by that. I feel like it's if I'm in like the right mood and I'm feeling 100% sincere, I can like yeah. go with it for a little while. But boy, if I'm, if I'm not in that mindset, if I'm off, tone if i'm not quite in the christmas wheelhouse it really is just insufferable to listen to i've I've always been very disturbed by kevin McAllister listening to christmas music on his walkman what's that about you know i mean look you're you're a a little white what he's nine years old in the suburbs and you got real rich parents it's 1990 I mean, the, you know, surely you're going to put on a Beastie Boys song. Yeah, yeah. And the, the Christmas music's omnipresent. You know, everywhere he goes is going to be Christmas music in Chicago's suburbs at that time. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's shame on you. Do we blame Christopher Columbus or do we blame John Hughes? Who does the blame lie oh, with? Oh, that's, Chris, that's Christopher Columbus. John, John Hughes would have the good taste to... To put a psychedelic first album on yeah. Kevin McAllister's <laughs> I mean, we have him to thank for Weird Science by Oingo Boingo. <laughs> he understands what the kids like. <laughs> hey, we're we're wrapping things up, so we are going to end with a Miles Davis cut tonight. I know, I remember about you that you're a fan, so let's uh, let's fan. take a minute to talk about Miles in the '60s, right? Okay, yeah. So it was a, it, this was like I think that this time for Miles is like pretty transitory between like the really yeah. essential cool jazz 50 stuff. And then like the late sixties, early seventies fusion stuff yeah. in the middle. You got this, there's some cool stuff in the middle there, like the Nefertiti stuff. And yeah. this, yeah. but this is still kind of like, am I a hard bop guy? Am I keeping up with, with Coltrane and, and those dudes, but I still think it's pretty rewarding this stuff. Maybe if, if people aren't exactly like, putting it on as much i still think there's development you hear a guy getting as good as he possibly can at one style well in 1960 i mean the the first year of the decade he starts off really weird with sketches of spain the very like a third stream album yeah and like totally an outlier in his career almost 
pretty cool one with all the orchestration on it. That's a cool record. I yeah. like this record too, Bryce, that I'm going to play a cup from seven steps to heaven. Uh, yes. it's got, it's got Joshua on it, which is a cool one. It's also got the title track, which I'm going to play. I would just recommend if you're going to stick around to the end of the show, Bryce, put yourself in the mindset of a genius. who's maybe like, you know, seeing the cream at the top of the heap thinking, how do I get back on top? What, what moves can I pull to be number one again? Yeah. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll keep it in mind. As you also, <laughs> as you also search for the moves you can pull in your own life to become number one of your world, Bryce. I see yeah. it for you. Twenty twenty one, the year of Bryce. The year of Bryce is number one. After I do my stomping and goofing. <laughs> you do every day. <laughs> Thanks for calling in, Bryce. That was a lot of fun. Good to hear from Bryce after some time. Um, okay, like I said, no show next week. Going to try to stay out of my feelings. Going to try to find Christmas cheer where I can get it. And I'm going to try to play a little bit of Miles Davis for y'all to go out on. Uh, this is Seven Steps for Heaven. Thank you so much for sticking around. I wish you a merry, you know, a happy holiday. Hanukkah's all over and done with. If you're a Christmas person, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, I'll see you before the new year. I'll be back in a couple of Sundays. But until then, go Bruins!
Seven eight four. 